Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Gwinnett, it's time for Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by Computer Design and Integration. Good morning and welcome to Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by EMC and CDI Managed Services. I'm your host, Nicole Toptosh, along with my co-host, Dominic Rainey. Good morning, Dom. How are you doing today? Hey, outstanding, Nicole. The weather's dropping. Temperature's dropping. And I enjoyed the weekend uh, up there in uh, the mountains picking apples with you and your family. Yes, it was a fabulous weekend to be outdoors, especially with the 80-degree weather that we had. Great times indeed. Why don't we get the show started and pick the brains of our Atlanta business leaders that have joined us and learn more about what they do. Joining us today is attorney Peter Ross with the law firm of Ross and Pines. And from First Call Consulting, we have their president and CEO, Dennis Sands. Welcome to the show, everyone. We are glad to have you here. Peter, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Get us started and tell us about Ross and Pines and what you do there. Sure. Well, Ross and Pines is a law firm. We're located in Sandy Springs. Uh, We have five attorneys. We practice in the areas of plaintiff's personal injury, criminal defense, and immigration law. And what I do is I handle plaintiff's personal injury cases. So clients that are victims that are injured due to another party's negligence, we represent them and handle their cases straight through from the day they're injured until they either settle their cases or they go to trial and and hopefully prevail at trial. You mentioned uh, you handle the areas of personal injury. Why would someone need the assistance of an attorney in a personal injury case? Why is that so important? Well, it's important because whenever someone's injured, there's a, typically there's an insurance company involved on the other side. And from the moment the claim is reported, the insurance company is investigating the claim. And to be blunt about it, their job is to either avoid paying the claim or to pay as little as they can. So people that are injured that aren't experienced, no one is experienced at getting injured. They need someone advocating for them to investigate, handle, guide them, either help them find doctors to go to, things of that nature, or just talk to witnesses to make sure that uh, we can prove their claims so that we can prevail later. Exactly. And, you know, when you think about personal injury <clears throat> cases, uh, ins- there are insurance companies involved. What would I do if I'm contacted by the other party's insurance company? Well, that's a good question because it's important because, again, to know that it's damage control on the part of the insurance company. So the most common case that I handle is a car wreck case. So, Mm -hmm. for example, the other party causes a wreck. They hit you in the back. They call their insurance company. They're going to call you within a day or so. First thing they'll say is, oh, uh, Ms. Toptis, do you mind if we take a recorded statement from you? We're going to turn on our recorder and just ask you some questions. And they're going to interview about how the wreck happened what you were doing, were you on your cell phone, different things like that, trying to find things that maybe will help them uh, combat your claim. And then they're going to ask you possibly about your medical history. The most common injury that we handle is a back injury. They're going to want to know, oh, your back hurts. Have you ever hurt your back before? Have you ever had back surgery? When's the last time you went to your chiropractor? Because if they know things like that you've had back pain in the last few months, that's going to help them minimize what injury was suffered in the wreck. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is basically politely say, well, you know, no, thank you. I prefer that you, I don't want to be recorded. And and of course you want to say, I've consulted an attorney and please talk to them and they'll, they'll give you the information you need. That makes sense. Now, in addition to uh, getting the assistance of an attorney, should I contact my own insurance company as well if I'm injured? Well, it, 
typically it's a tricky question because it depends what kind of coverages you have on your policy. When you get hit, your car is damaged and most people immediately want their car fixed. They want to get in a rental car. The only way you can get immediate services from your own insurance company, if you have coverage and that's their job, they usually like to steer you to the other insurance company. But the problem is if someone else has hit you, their insurance company is not going to pay you a dime until they properly look into the case, they get the police report, and they talk to their own driver. So that could take a week or two. So Mm -hmm. usually it is a good idea to get your insurance company involved. Mm -hmm. And if the other insurance company agrees to step in and take over, then they will transfer the claim over to them. Okay. Now let's uh, go into the areas of statutes of limitation. How long do I have to decide whether to pursue a personal injury case or not? Well, every state is different, but in Georgia, there's a two-year statute of limitations when it comes to negligence and injury cases. So that means literally two years to the day, you would have to initiate a lawsuit against any responsible parties. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, you don't want to wait that long, but if for some reason if you you just weren't sure if you wanted to handle it or if later you decide you want to, you always have those two years. The only exception, there are some exceptions in medical malpractice cases, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't really handle those. Um, but the exception with, with negligence cases is if a minor is involved. The statute of limitations doesn't start running until your 18th birthday. So technically, if you, if you have a child that's injured, you really have until they turn 20. To, to pursue a case. Wow, that is good to know. I did not know that. We're speaking today with Peter Ross, managing partner and attorney with Ross and Pines on Silver Lining in the Cloud. Now, Peter, how does one go about selecting the right attorney to represent themselves? Well, I mean, I always tell people the best way to find an attorney is by word of mouth because there's so much marketing out there on the internet, on billboards, things of that nature. And frankly, you don't know if you're going to hire the right or the best attorney going by that. You really want to talk to friends and neighbors and find out who's, who's represented people they know and had good experiences. Because there are a lot of attorneys out there. Some are good and some are not so good. So the best you can do is, is, is to get names by referral. Mm-hmm. So that's where we get most of our business. Referrals from past clients are, are the most common uh, source of business for us. And then referrals from other attorneys. For example... If you know an attorney, always call them, and and even if they're not a personal injury attorney, and ask who they know, because Mm -hmm. we refer people to uh, divorce attorneys, workers' compensation attorneys, business attorneys. You know, I always tell my clients, call me, and I'll put you in the hands of the right Right person. person. Now, speaking of representation, I know you've probably represented a host of people in your career. Tell me about the biggest case that you've ever handled and any accolades that came with that. Well, the... um, the biggest verdict uh, that we had of a case that actually went to court was about five years ago in Fulton County. We have a client, a nice young woman, who was injured. She actually slipped and fell at the Crown Plaza Ravinia Hotel. Oh. And uh, I mean, it was a horrible case in that she was a, a young lady that had five surgeries to her elbow and shoulder. And uh, slip and fall cases is, are very challenging cases in Georgia because... You just people think just because you fell on someone's premises that you're automatically entitled to recovery. You really have to prove that they were negligent. So you have to prove that typically there was something there that caused you to fall, and you have to prove what's called notice. And notice means that they knew it was there. And notice can be proven either by actual notice, meaning you know, for example, if someone an employee spills something or mops the floor, mm-hmm. they know that it's wet. Or you can prove that constructive notice. They should have known it was there. For example, if there was a spill. 
and their surveillance cameras showing that it was there for an hour and no one cleaned it up. So our client had, uh, it's a complicated story, but basically the doors were left open by the hotel and it started raining, pouring sideways, and the rain blew in to the hotel. And mm -hmm. my client was there for a seminar and they kept asking him to close the doors. And when they finally went over to close the doors, they didn't realize the rain had come in there and she slipped and fell on the tile floor. And the reason it was a gratifying case is because from day one, the hotel tried to claim it wasn't their fault, um, that our client possibly opened the doors herself, that mm -hmm. uh, she knew the floor was wet. Every obstacle they could put up, they tried to fight the case. Um, and we, we, as with most cases, we try to resolve it, but the insurance company was adamant that they weren't at fault. And I would say the case probably could have settled anywhere from about the five hundred dollars to $750,000 range because our client's medical bills were over 200000 and her lost wages were over 200000 mm. And the jury ended up awarding us $3.6 million. Wow. So it was certainly a case worth going to trial. There's always a risk going to trial. Mm -hmm. But when an insurance company offers you so little, there's not as much risk. Right, right. Now, uh, earlier you spoke about the different um, aspects of legal services that you provide. How big do you want to grow your firm, and what's your strategy for growth? You know, that that's something that we think about, my partner and I, all the time, because on one hand, we always want to grow and get more clients. But on the other hand, there is something nice about having a small firm, and it's almost having a a family approach with clients that they know the attorneys there. So right now we have five attorneys, um, and I think I had said we handle plaintiff's personal injury, immigration, and mm -hmm. criminal defense work. Mm -hmm. So I could see maybe hiring on a few more attorneys, but never getting too big to where uh, it's too much to manage. Very good. Thank you so much, uh, Peter. Sure. Thank you again for having me. Hey, Peter, uh, how, how does an individual pick the right attorney, the right firm? Well, I, I think the best thing to do is, is to ask around um, and get recommendations. And if need be, go interview a couple of attorneys and hire the one you're most comfortable with. The two most important things are to know past results. And number two is the person that you mesh with. It's, it's a personality thing, too. You, you want to know that you'll get along with that attorney, that he's the right attorney. And you also, the important thing also, and, and what you don't get with some of these larger advertising firms is you want an attorney on your case. And in the larger firms, a lot of times you're, you're getting a secretary receptionist or that's handling your case. An attorney never looks at it up until maybe the case goes to court. And that's something you want to avoid. Okay. All right. Great. Um, you know, on the financial side, how does the fee structure work? Uh, what happens if... You know, uh, a case, there, there's, you know, there's no recovery uh, financially, well, and how does that all that work? Well, all cases we handle on a contingency fee, meaning that if we recover money, we get paid. And, and uh, all of our cases are typically one-third contingencies, meaning that if we recover in your case without filing a lawsuit, we get a third of your recovery. If we have to litigate the case, it goes up to 40%. But one thing I always tell clients when they come in, because they're always concerned, wait a minute, I have to give you a big portion, is that it's always a client's decision whether to settle. And when, when it's time to settle, I'm not just going to tell them what the gross settlement is, but I'm going to say if you settle for X dollars, um, your bills will have to get paid, and that'll cost that much. Our fees will cost this much, and you will net out this much, and that's what your client should make their decision on. Okay. So, okay, for example, great. it's a lot easier to settle a case when clients have health insurance because their bills typically are paid, whereas a client without health insurance, it's a little more difficult because the money has to be split up. Okay. We're talking to Peter Ross, Ross Pines. He's a managing partner there, and uh, uh, we're into uh, 
the legal matters of the litigation, and um, we're, we wanted to just talk a little bit about uh, you know the realities of of situations or human dynamics. What if uh, what if I don't like uh, my attorney uh, in, in the middle of uh, the situation? Can I switch attorneys? How does you know? Do you ever run into those situations? Sure. I mean, you're always allowed to switch attorneys, and if you're unhappy with one, you should always look to 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 hire another one that you're more satisfied with because you only get one shot at your case. But the reason things get tricky is that most attorneys have in their contracts a provision that if you do fire them, usually it's one of two things. If you have already have a settlement offer on the table, a lot of times that agreement says that that attorney gets their one-third even if you fire them. So it can be a little complicated. So if you're going to switch attorneys, the sooner you do it, the better. Before, and before the case gets too far, or they may have put some hours into the case, and in fairness, they're entitled to some compensation um, for the work they've done. And I'm always fair with my clients and with prior attorneys. If they've done work on the case, a lot of times what I'll do is, is split my fee with the prior attorney, give them some of my fee so that a client is not paying two fees. Mm -hmm. Okay. Peter, do you think people have an unrealistic expectation to uh, what they can recover? You know, it's funny you ask because what I find is that people that are more seriously hurt have the more reasonable expectations, and the clients that are barely hurt are the ones that, <laughs> that expect more money. So it's just the nature of, of the business. And, you know, some of my clients, I remember I had one client, who, who young man who had his leg amputated in the case, and I can't even count on my fingers the, the number of times he called me asking me about his case. And he was always gracious. Whatever we recovered, um, there were limitations in the amount of insurance, so we couldn't get him as much as he was entitled to. And he never complained a day when we handled the whole case. Whereas I have other clients that go to a chiropractor, and they're calling me all the time asking me, when's my case going to be over? How much can I get? Things like that. How long should I go to the doctor? When in reality, I say, that's really between you and your doctor. So the answer to your question is some clients have unrealistic expectations, but for the most part, clients are pretty easy to deal with as long as they know they can trust you and you're working on their case. Okay, great. Peter Ross with Ross Pines. Uh, Peter, what sets you guys apart from other law firms in your space? I'm sure there are a few others out there. That, well, uh, I mean, I, you know, it's interesting because attorneys, and I'm trying to knock attorneys, there are a lot of personal injury attorneys out there that never go to court. So we're, we're willing to go to court and, and go to trial and try a case, and th that's important for a couple reasons. Number one, you know that we're going to handle your case until its conclusion. And number two, insurance companies know that we'll take a case to court. Everything about what I do is a negotiation, and if you have an attorney that's afraid or just doesn't have a reputation to go into court, insurance company doesn't feel as threatened if they don't pay you that they're going to have to pay later. So... The important thing is to know that, that you have an attorney that's able to do that and an attorney that knows the law and, and, again, has a good reputation in the community for keeping clients happy. Okay, and you've been doing this a while. So what do you like most about uh, what you do in your, in your world? I mean, I get, not to sound corny, but I, I think I just like helping people. And the people that I'm helping are people that I'm meeting coming off some type of, of incident where they're upset, their family's upset, and they're injured. And I, you know, I feel like I'm really making a difference in those people's lives and making a difference in the community. And, uh, you know, having a small law firm is very satisfying, too, because I almost feel like I'm an attorney and an entrepreneur also. So it's like running a business. And if you run a successful business, you're, you know, you're successful financially and you're, again, making a difference in people's lives. Okay. Any parting thoughts in terms of uh, what you see going on in the legal world that uh, people might want to be aware of? Any major changes or you just things? I guess you want to stay up on on uh, 
you know, the elections are important because you generally don't want legislation. Some states have passed legislation. Here in Georgia, they passed legislation making medical malpractice cases very difficult. And that's a problem because attorneys won't take cases because they're so hard to win unless uh, they happen. So there's been talk of this, quote unquote, tort reform, which some people think is good, but it's really not because it's helping the big insurance companies uh, because it makes it harder for people to uh, bring personal injury cases. So, um, you know, that's something to, to be aware of. And uh, Okay. Great. Well, Peter, let's, uh, we're, we're uh, very glad you're here on the show. It's uh, great information. Tell our listeners how they can uh, reach out to you and your firm. What's the best way to, to get in, in contact with you guys? Sure. They need your help. Well, I'm old-fashioned, so I'll give you my phone number first, which is 404-812-4300. Our website is www.rossandandpines.com, and our Twitter is at... Ross and Pines. Excellent. And uh, you can just find us on the internet or give us a call, shoot us an email, and we'll email you back pretty quickly and let us let you know if we can help you. Great. Thank you. We encourage everyone to do that. Thank you for having me. Good stuff, Peter. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud brought to you by CDI Managed Services and our sponsors at EMC. Next on our broadcast is Dennis Sands, President and CEO of First Call Consulting Partners. Welcome to the show, Dennis. How are you? Uh, Very good, Nicole. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Dennis, give us some background about First Call Consulting Partners and what you do and how you came to start your own business. Well, Nicole... um about uh, 20 years ago, I guess, uh, just to start it off with real, uh, real easily, uh, I got into the SAP world and uh, back when you could spell SAP and get a job. But, uh, you know, over those uh, 20 years, I've started four managed services uh, companies. And uh, about six years ago, I kind of experienced uh, what a lot of people do uh, in, the, in the business world where you know, our organization was outsourced overseas. So, you know, I kind of thought to myself, you know, why am I creating uh, a business for other people? Why don't I go ahead and do it for myself? So uh, about six years ago, uh, I created First Call Consulting, and, uh, and we, we provide um, expertise and uh, SAP resources uh, in a niche that is underserved in the market uh, for small and medium-sized companies. And um, we've had great success in that. Uh, we've actually won some awards. Uh, our management and, uh, and our consultants have won some awards from SAP for quality service and such. And uh, it's, it's been a nice ride. Kudos on the awards, Dennis. Now, I've heard of uh, SAP, and I know uh, large companies like Coca-Cola and Home Depot use it. But is SAP used much by mid-sized companies? Well, that, that's a real good question. Um, many people, whenever they hear of SAP, they think, oh, uh, huge system, you know, overloaded, uh, very complicated. But uh, SAP actually has, well, they have a lot of product lines, but two of their main um, product lines for uh, software are uh, SAP's ECC, which is uh, their full-blown system that mm-hmm. Coca-Cola uses and, and such like that. But what a lot of people don't realize is that there are a huge number of mid-sized companies, companies that are $100 million to, say, a billion dollars using SAP, um, and then smaller companies 
use SAP's Business One, which is, you know, those companies are more on the $2 million to, say, $30 million range. And what's unique is that they are different products, and there's not many companies that provide support and resources for both those products, and we do it first call. Now, let's talk about the business model. When it comes to the business model, what makes First Call Consulting different and unique? Well, uh, the difference is that a great many companies um, cater more to the large companies, and their model is more utilizing uh, consultants that are rolling on and off of projects, and they just kind of stick them in a room and say, answer the phone, uh, try and help a customer if they call, kind of a thing. So... um, but our our uh, success is based on two two elements in our in our uh, model. The first is uh, when a customer comes on with us, we design a team for that customer, and a team would be anywhere from four to maybe seven consultants, uh, depending upon how how many modules the client has. And ninety percent of our consultants are platinum level consultants, uh, meaning. Uh, they have 15 years plus experience in SAP, and not many uh, firms can can uh, can bring that to the table. Mm-hmm. Now, what this team does then is the client will work directly with the team that's assigned to them on a day-to-day basis. So instead of working with Joe one day and Mary the next day or something, the FI person in that company will work with the same consultant on the team, say Bill or whatever, from day to day to day. So, um, you know, the SD person may be working with uh, Annette, let's say. The importance of that is that we can provide more complex or or more thorough um, answers to a client's problems because we learn their business. And on that day-to-day communication, we learn more about their business. We can teach them more about SAP, how to use it, and such like that. Um, clients have, have come back to us when, when we've done uh, surveys with them, and they've said that this model has, has, has helped them tremendously where we end up saving roughly 20 to 30% for clients uh, on their That's SAP huge. costs. Mm-hmm. I guess the other the other thing that's important for clients is the flexibility of of the service that we provide. Many many of our clients contract with us for fifty hours a month, a hundred hours a month, um, so they get the full breadth of of functional experience uh, or expertise. The FI module, sales and distribution, production planning, et cetera, uh, as well as technical. Uh, the basis and op-op side for half of an FTE for them. So they can use 10 hours here, 15 hours there, um, but they get a full breadth of, uh, of expertise in SAP and, uh, and only pay for half of an FTE. Now, you spoke about the importance of helping your customers to focus on those uh, mission-critical issues that will enable them to offload day-to-day operations. With that being said, what type of companies typically would use your services? Most of the companies are uh, small and medium-sized companies, what we call SME. Mm-hmm. Um, they're companies that are uh, have experienced what a lot of us have, downsizing. You know, they've lost a few of their members or they're doing projects. 
where they just need 30, 40 hours, something of that nature, or they just need some ongoing support, you know, 30, 40, 40 hours a month, and they just don't have a huge staff to help them overcome some of those bumps in the road that they, that they run up against. So um, we uh, support both the ECC system of SAP as well as Business One. So we, we handle both spectrums. We're one of the few U.S.-based um, service providers that provide support for both the ECC and Business One. And I'd like to say also that 95% of our consultants are U.S.-based. So it's important to us to, uh, to get uh, U.S. folks back to work uh, because there's been a huge outsourcing and, and mm-hmm. we try to help in that area. Now, you mentioned that uh, 95% of the consultants are U.S.-based. Uh, can you tell us more about your consultants and what uh, SAP modules do they work on and what credentials do they bring to the table? Yeah. Um, uh, like I said, uh, 90% of our consultants are platinum level. So they, you know, they've seen just about every business experience out there. There's very few that the uh, experiences or situations that we see that we haven't experienced. Um, they average 15 years of SAP experience uh, mm-hmm. or business one experience. Mm-hmm. So that's important. Um, we, ca- we cover both functional. Mm-hmm like the FI, uh, financials, sales and distribution, mm-hmm. production planning, as well as more on the technical sides, which is uh, basis and ABOP. But we also provide our clients with hosting solutions as well and cloud solutions. Uh, we've, um, in the past couple of years, we've, uh, we've partnered with companies and um, provided cloud hosting services. So we're one of the few U.S.-based companies who provide functional, technical, and hosting services and still specialize in small and medium-sized companies. Mm-hmm. We've been speaking with Dennis Sands, President and CEO of First Call Consulting Partners on Silver Lining in the Cloud. Hey, Dennis, when you think about SAP, uh, you know, it is a complex, broad term, I suppose, when we're talking about systems, applications, and products. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot in your space, uh, as you just mentioned, uh, you know, catering to the SMB, small business, uh, mid-sized companies, um, you know, how, how do companies, you know, that are interested in SAP and, and things like knowledge transfer, uh, how, how, how do they, you know, bring this how do you how do you deal with it how do you bring that to their needs how do yeah. you just how, help them uh, understand it and, and and address it well that's something that we've addressed um, and is important in our business model on that one-to-one uh, business you know when we assign a team to a client and uh, the financial person in the client will work with the same financial uh, consultant and the sales and distribution person will work with the same uh, sales and distribution consultant, that knowledge that uh, is, is very easy to transfer. In other words, we learn about that client's business processes. So we help the users learn more about SAP. It's that interaction, you know, when, when you talk to a different person about any issue, whether it's software or whatever, if you talk to three different people, uh, you don't always get the same information. So by working with the same person on the team, we're able to impart, how does SAP work? But more importantly, how does SAP work with your business? 
That's what's important. And, um, and then clients come back to us and they say, wow, th- you know, this is really helpful. We've, we've learned more about SAP and um, now we want to do more with it. So clients then come back to us and say, um, now that we've kind of handled the more basic stuff internally, can you guys help us more from a strategic standpoint, you know, how to use SAP better? So then we become kind of that trusted advisor to help, you know, the business processes and build from there. Mm-hmm. So our model is specifically designed for clients to, to, uh, to learn about SAP. To understand it, yeah, because mm-hmm. big companies are process a little more process-oriented and, uh, you know, they sort of, I guess, get it. They, they've already reached those certain levels, but uh, you're dealing with more on an educational and uh, helping them understand where they can use it. That's great. That's great for the SMB space. So, uh, you know, what's coming up for uh, SAP and First Call Consulting? Well, uh, I, I'm excited about the – I know it, software is not always that exciting, but uh, I'm, I'm really excited about the niche that we're in because um, we like – helping small and medium-sized companies. There are a lot, they're great to work with. You know, um, we've grown uh, tremendously over the past six years. Most of our clients uh, started out obviously in the Southeast, but we've kind of moved to the Midwest and everything. And we're planning on opening a, uh, an office in, uh, in Chicago next year. Um, what we're seeing is um, an increase in companies using more of SAP, but then reaching out to companies like ours, um, both, uh, you know, for advice and expertise. Um, as, I, as I mentioned, you know, um, the ECC is, is the mainframe system, but the business one is growing dramatically. And there are very, very few companies or service providers out there that provide support for the business one, because it's kind of been a system that's not as uh, SAP hasn't put as much into it as as, as maybe they should. Uh, cloud solutions are 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 going to be something huge in the next few years, and we help our clients with those solutions as well. Is there a tipping point when uh, when a company you know sh- should be considering SAP and the, some of the modules for small businesses? Well, a lot depends upon the complexity of of your company. If you run one product line or you know, you have maybe 40 or 50 customers, that's one thing. You know, maybe business one is, is where you want to be. Um, typically, most of our um, business one clients are in that 2 million to 30 million kind of range. Once you start stepping into 100 million, then you're probably talking about multiple plants, m- multiple locations, and kind of thing. So, you know, you probably want to get to the bigger uh, SME um, space. We're talking with uh, Dennis Sands. He's the president and CEO of First Call Consulting. Uh, so, okay, so Dennis, uh, you know, you guys, uh, do you find uh, you deal a lot when you get into companies? They have a lot of different uh, relationships and software programs and things like that. Do you guys find yourself connecting a lot with uh, other companies and uh, building relationships that way as well? Uh, well, we try to definitely, and and I honestly believe that um, kind of the partnering is something that uh, companies, service providers should do more of. Every, and a lot of them are more in a silo. In um, what we try to do is in two areas. We we try to partner with companies. For, um, say, I mean, 
we're we're good in what we do, but we don't know everything. And we tell a client, I mean, we're we're very upfront when we don't know something, but chances are we probably have a partner who does. And it's important to partner with other companies, uh, other service providers who have complementary, and I think that's important, not competing, but complementary services. So we can bring them in, um, and we end up with a happy client. Um, that partner then has a new client. You know, you work out some kind of an arrangement, revenue sharing or whatever, but it's important that then that partner may have a client who needs our services, but mm. that they don't provide. So in talking together, you end up with more clients and, and more services and, and happier clients. Now, um, other ideas or, or other companies like that are um, like headhunting firms or sourcing firms or um, hosting firms. Mm -hmm. You know, um, sourcing companies tend to gear more towards six-month projects, 12-month projects kind of thing, but they have SAP customers as well. Mm -hmm. um, we try to partner with some of those to say, let us work with you as your partner to solve those, you know, one-week problems and such like that. You will end up with a happier client Plus, they're going to come back to you for larger projects, and we can help you uh, with those. And then you can turn around and staff those for those six-month projects and such like that. Hosting companies deal more on the technical side, obviously the hardware side. Mm -hmm. Well, they don't deal on the functional side. So just within the past six weeks, we've had two of our clients come to us and say, can you help us? We're looking to outsource our environment, you know, our, our hardware. Can you help us? Well, by turning to some of our partners, we're able to help our client out. At the same time, those hosting companies obviously have SAP clients that they're not going to uh, provide the functional support. So in partnering together, we both end up with more clients and more revenue. So what is a, what is a good target client for you? How do you find your clients? We uh, we find a lot through uh, word of mouth. Um, we have an, uh, an excellent track record. Um, our clients speak <laughs> highly uh, of us to other companies, uh, thankfully, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, which is uh, in the software world sometimes not always the case. Uh, but uh, also partnerships is is another area. Mm -hmm. um, I, I guess one of the one of the major problems is that. Small and medium-sized companies don't always have the resources to s reach out and say, we need help. You know, we need 20 hours of help. Where do we go? Well, if you look on the Internet, uh, you can be inundated with resumes. Well, as I mentioned, you know, we have a lot of our clients that contract with us for 50 hours or 100 hours a month, and they get 15 different specialties. Uh, so... Um, that's again. That's where we specialize from business one and ECC. Um, that's okay. that's where we specialize. Uh, so uh, many many times it's referrals. Excellent, excellent. Certain industries, uh, you know, that stand out better than others for uh, suited for your needs. And our our clients uh, range from the whole spectrum: pharmaceuticals, consumer products, manufacturing. Uh, that's one of the things about SAP and Business One. It, it, it spans a huge uh, market space. Okay, great. So what do you like most about what you're doing I in like, your world? I like dealing with, uh, with, with people. Um, 
that's what's unique about the SME, SME space is there's not eight layers of, of management to kind of go through. When, when we work with a client, it's usually the, the director <laughs> or the vice president of, of IT or something. I mean, there's like only two or three layers. Yeah. And we like solving problems. It's, it's really fulfilling when, when a client says, thank you. That's a problem that has been kicking us for three months, and you guys came in and helped us with it. And it, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a fulfilling uh, thing to be able to help people. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Okay, we're listening to Dennis Sands, First Call Consulting. Dennis, what's the best way for individuals to reach out to you and your company and get more uh, information? Well, uh, I'm old-fashioned as well, so uh, I'll, I'll give you my phone number. Uh, that's probably one of the best ways. Uh, my number is 678-525-5593. Uh, and you can reach us, uh, find us on the Internet uh, at our website, um, www.thefirstcallconsulting.com. Great. Thank you, Dennis. Well, thank Excellent. you for having me. Thank you very much, Dennis. Big things are definitely happening, and much success to you with expanding into Chicago. You've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk business to business. We'd like to thank today's guests from Ross and Pines, managing partner and attorney Peter Ross, as well as Dennis Sands, president and CEO of First Call Consulting Partners. We appreciate you all for being on the show. I'm your host, along with my co-host, Dominic Rainey, with CDI Managed Services, where we work with companies to maximize their investment in IT, infrastructure, and cloud solutions and support. To listen to this show and other Silver Lining in the Cloud broadcasts, go to silverlining.businessradiox.com. And until next time, remember, when it comes to IT solutions and cloud support, CDI Managed Services is your Silver Lining in the Cloud. (laughs) 